The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus spoke to the crowd, saying, To what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by wise deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent, and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and one, no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal the Father. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you in the name of God our Maker, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We've all got it, don't we? Burden is what we've got. And the type and severity of burden, it differs from one person to another. There are some out there who try to generalize the burden that we all feel even though the types and severity of burdens should never be generalized. Because what might be burdensome to one person may not even be considered as such by another. This is also true about the severity of what burdens one person can endure compared to another. But none of this differentiation matters to God. Therefore, it shouldn't matter to us. Whatever burdens you, even if it doesn't burden me, is enough to bring to God through Jesus. There are no conditions for Christ when it comes to qualifying for rest in Him. Like I talked about with the children today, sometimes we make our worthiness in God's eyes too complicated, or the problems that we experience not worthy of God's attention. But the truth is that our God is ready and willing to hear it all. Christ doesn't say in our gospel today that only if you are burdened by this or by that can you find rest in me. Nor does he say only if your burdens are this severe or above can you find rest in me. No. Anything that burdens us. And all that burdens us is worthy of Christ's attention and, what is more, rest for you. 
As we heard in this passage, you don't even need wisdom or intelligence to find what God has to offer. I don't know about you, but in light of my experience in ministry and in life, when I so often feel like I have no idea what's going on and can't explain or rationalize the brokenness of this world, I am so thankful that I don't need wisdom or supreme intelligence to understand that what God has to offer is free. And although I preached on this passage many times and read it all the more, I heard a fresh perspective this past week. If only for the sake of being fresh for me, I hope it is fresh for you, I share it with you anyway. Because the common interpretation of this passage is that Christ provides freedom from the yoke of anything and everything that causes burden. And this leads many to assume that the way of Christ has no yoke or no burden. Meaning, if you follow Christ, you can avoid burden and suffering altogether. Of course, as Christians, we all know this cannot be true. This is not what Christ says, though. Rather, he says that his yoke is easy and the burden is light. But the burden of a disciple of Jesus is still there. Maybe it's less burdensome, maybe not. But what is most important about the burden we bear as followers of Jesus is that we do not do it alone. It's also easy to hear this text and assume that Christ is calling all to religion, as if its yoke is none more burdensome than anything else in the world. But in a decreasingly religious culture, religion is entirely burdensome to so many. Institutionalized religion is not something that's very interesting to a lot of people. Perhaps you've been there at a time in your life when religion was almost too burdensome to bear. Maybe you're at that point right now. But even if you're at that point, you're still here in worship. Still listening to this sermon, still looking for a sense of relief and rest from the burdens that you bear. And that says a lot about your ability to endure all that may burden you in this life. That your burdens haven't completely closed you off from hearing God's still, small voice. Maybe that burden drove you away from organized religion for a time, but another has brought you back. And no matter your circumstance, let me say, I am grateful for you bearing with all the burden that comes with belonging to the church. As somebody who works in the church, I know all about this. I point this out in hopes that we might interpret Christ's calling in less, to a less weary and burdened light life as a Christian, even if that may not come with the burdens of organized religion. In fact, it was really interesting that in my time in theological faculty among colleagues, I encountered some of the most severely burdened people by institutionalized Christianity. This isn't to say that they've given up on faith or even their sense of call to serve the church, but they felt called as a leader of the church precisely because they had burdened, been burdened so much 
by it before. They wanted to be a part of the reform, of the change that needed to happen within so that it was less burdensome for the people in the pews. And even if you're not working as a church professional, we are all called to a life of witness through our Christian faith, through everything that we do, to help others understand that they are not alone in their suffering by all that burdens them, and that they can find a sense of support, a sense of compassion, a sense of understanding in this place. And the unique things about the burdens of this Christian life is that we we have to keep bearing them, don't we? We think so often that once burdens are lifted, they will never return, but we know this cannot be true. But that is when we lean and why we should lean on each other. Through our support, through the understanding of reconciliation through Christ, we find rest, however momentary, from the burdens that weigh us down. And we bear witness to that relationship with God that is not so complicated. That's as simple as laying all of your troubles at the foot of that cross, trusting that Christ can bear them so that they don't overwhelm you. We also heard today that riddle of a passage from Paul's letter to the Romans. Perhaps for me, perhaps for you, like me, you need to read it through a few times to follow its logic clearly. I do not understand my own actions, or more loosely translated, why did I just do that? How many times have we asked ourselves or said the same thing, even internally to ourselves? Maybe you didn't realize that you have this one verse memorized, but it resonates with every human being's experience in this life. It's a daily occurrence, if we're honest with ourselves, right? Why did I just do that? I don't understand my own actions. We so often do the very thing we hate because we are victims of the power of sin in this world. As Paul says, for I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. But the truth is, dear friends, God created us to do good and really to want to do good. But unfortunately, when that good cannot shine through, it is because of the sin that dwells within us. But not on a permanent basis. The goodness from God is woven deep into the fabric of our soul. Or like Matush so wisely said, God is in our hearts. And even though sin creeps in throughout our life, it never fully resides in our heart. But the goodness of God will stay there forever. Because sin preys on the temporary, our bodies and the goodness that God has well-grounded in our souls. So even if you can't find the means to forgive yourself at times, to release the sin from within, come together in this or any Christian fellowship and be reminded that you are worthy of forgiveness. That the sin that creeps in each and every day is not enough 
to overcome the goodness inside each and every one of you. And in the sense of salvation, Christ has already done for us what we could not do for ourselves. Forgiveness. Forgiveness that leads to rest from all the burdens of the sin that can weigh us down. And as bleak as it can make our lives at times, we are called to trust and know that God's grace is far more powerful than anything that can cause us to question why we do the very thing we hate. May that powerful love be the endurance we need to rise above the sin and to do the good that God created us to do. May God's awesome love through Christ be the strength we long for to step past temptations and the burdens they bring into the way of Christ. Because although we can probably think of 10,000 reasons we've done the thing we hate, there are 10,000 more that God will never let anything come between us. Bring your burdens to bear here, dear friends, because nothing is greater than the goodness and the love of God within each and every one of us. Amen.